Welcome. Thanks for joining the Society for Clinical Research Sites for SCRS Talks, where we have our global impact partners take a few minutes to address an issue of site concern. In this installment, we're going to have uh, Emil Huick from Vertrials talk about site participation in decentralized trials and ask a, just answer a few questions about that. And let's take a moment to meet our speaker. How are you today? I'm good, Mike. Thank you. Uh, my name is Emil. I work with Virtual in global business development. At Virtual, we implement the technologies and workflows that enable patients to participate in research without going to the clinic. So, of course, that's very relevant today. Thank you. And it certainly is. And thanks for taking a few minutes to uh, address this topic with us. So, I'm going to jump right in here and start it off by asking, how can decentralized trials help sites in our current situation considering the uh, the COVID pandemic that's occurring now? Sure. Uh, that's a great question. So in the current COVID-19 pandemic, uh, we have many patients who are unwilling or unable to go to the research site to complete the study visits. And of course, this is causing massive disruptions as most of our trial logistics that we have in place are actually designed with the assumption that research subjects uh, visit the study sites for pretty much all of the study visits. And this has been the industry norm and worked fine, at least until now, where suddenly we see a large group of subjects who can't go on site. So mm -hmm. what we see there is actually that safety assessments, such as lab tests or physical assessments, are not being performed. So the study site is likely to be contacting the research subjects via phone, which I'm sure a lot of uh, the listeners here has tried themselves, uh, to collect whatever information they can and basically see if they're okay. So what right. we see now is that sites are documenting these protocol deviations, or worse, subjects may even request to withdraw from the study. And as we face the, one of the worst, of, if not the worst, uh, public health crisis of a generation, it's becoming quite clear that the traditional study model of 100% of visits conducted in the clinic is just not sustainable. And that's where decentralized trials can really help out. So running a decentralized trial um, really allows the research staff to virtually examine the subjects, whether it's using telemedicine and connected devices, and ensuring that the medical oversight is maintained and we keep the subject safe on the trial. We can even consent patients and collect data from patients remotely using apps and wearables. And uh, you know, even if we have blood samples, well, we can have local nurses go out in the patient's home to, to collect these samples. When it comes to IP, you know, there's been a lot of regulations opened up from the FDA side recently for uh, actually shipping IP directly to patients. So drugs that you were not usually able to ship to patients, you're actually now able to do. So for some clinical trials, having this infrastructure in place can actually mean the difference between a trial being canceled and a trial moving on in despite of the, the pandemic. And with many traditional designed uh, trials being now delayed or put on hold, Decentralized trials will actually help sites continue to provide research as a care option for patients during the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay, so you mentioned infra uh, infrastructure for sites and, and this being a, 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 a new way to actually uh, get these kind of visits done. Mm -hmm. Is it hard for a site to put that in place? This would be a new thing for them and probably their first thought is, I don't. I, how am I even going to put this thing in place? So, what is it difficult to get started? <laughs> that's a, that's that's a great question, uh, Mike. Uh, the answer is really no. Uh, simply put, a decentralized trial just means that some of the trial activities and data collection can occur remotely. So, many sites may have already actually participated in a trial 
uh, with decentralized elements without even realizing it. So, you know, e-diaries, I think a lot of the sites listening has have uh, experience with e-diaries, and that's actually a decentralized element where the patient is completing and entering data uh, from the comfort of their home. And we're just taking that a step further. So, uh, and actually doing the patient assessments with the patient that they will usually do in the clinic and taking that into the patient's home as well. And with our platform, so with virtual telemedicine platform, there's really no special equipment needed for research sites or patients to access our software. Uh, the app that we have can be downloaded on a mobile device or accessed via web browser. And we've actually created a brief training module for research sites on telemedicine educate, uh, as well as navigating the basics of a trial involving telemedicine. And as many listeners may know already, uh, we designed our training as well as our user interfaces to be as simple as possible. So anybody who's used FaceTime before, uh, anybody who's used um, CTMS, I think this will be a walk in the park compared to. And we're currently working with several clients to actually implement this uh, on both active and upcoming trials within as little as six weeks. And in that time, we'll of course ensure that all the sites are being trained. Uh, our ability to do this quickly is, of course, you know, quite crucial considering that there are active sub subjects on trials and there's other important trials in the planning stages. And people are still counting on these medications to come to market. So Virtual is working with sponsors and CROs uh, to provide a solution that allows these studies to move forward. Okay. So if, if a site is, is new to this, what should they do to get started or what should they be doing now to prepare? That's a great point. Uh, I mean... From my point of view, I don't expect sites to go out and invest in, in software or hardware to, to get themselves ready for this. This would really be, because uh, a, a lot of the industry is still figuring out what will the future of the centralized trials be. And I think the coronavirus pandemic is definitely going to be the proving ground. This is going to be where we figure out where do we take this forward. So, and I, I said this just before again, Mike, but we have this training on how to become a, you know, a site prepared and ready to do decentralized trials. And we actually made this training available through SCRS and now also to uh, sites worldwide. There are four brief training modules that prepare them for entering into decentralized trials, uh, which includes telemedicine etiquette, how to engage with the patient in virtual visits, uh, and some things that might be pretty clear, but definitely some good things to take, uh, to take into consideration before starting your first virtual trial. And All right, and to complete oh, go ahead. The, Sorry, uh, sites who complete the training, just to uh, highlight this, sites who complete the training do get a certificate, a virtual trial capable certificate, and a badge they can add to the email signature um, or the website, and basically allow them to let sponsors and CROs know that they are ready to conduct decentralized trials. Uh, research sites should also be reaching out to their sponsors and CROs and let them know that they are ready to and able to uh, implement trials with decentralized elements. So we see a lot of sponsors who are afraid that the sites are going to be kicking and screaming. Uh, and what we see is quite the opposite. Sites are approaching us, you know, can we use this in a decentralized manner? And of, of course, it has to be a sponsor decision. We have to set it all up for them uh, for the specific trial with the patients. Uh, but, you know, uh, if, if, if there's something that they should probably be working on or starting discussions on, is, is working on internal uh, standard operating procedures re regarding uh, remote uh, decentralized trials. Um, so that's probably one thing that they could do now, the training and then uh, an SOP. Okay. And as you mentioned, that training is on our website, uh, mysarest.org. Uh, it's the very first option under the heading of the learning campus so that you can find that there. Uh, so with regard to the COVID-19 pandemic 
and trends in the industry towards decentralized trials? What what do you see? I mean, either prior to the pandemic and now now that it's started, are things changing in the industry trend-wise? Uh, I think it definitely is. So the, the clinical trial industry as a whole has been very slow to adopt these decentralized elements. We heard about e-consent forever, and most sites have never seen it in action. Um, until recently, all of these decentralized trial components were viewed as shiny novelty, something that was nice to have on a trial. But since the COVID-19 pandemic, all of that has changed. The decentralized trials are now a must-have if you want to continue to do trials in this environment. And organizations that were culturally years away from adopting decentralized trials are now coming to us wanting to use telemedicine and other decentralized trial elements to manage the risk to the current and upcoming studies. And the trend in how uh, this is executed, uh, we can actually divide that into short-term and long-term solutions. And usually the implementation is, is actually a mix of the two. So for studies requiring an immediate solutions, where you have sites on active stu uh, studies, you could say that the sponsor is taking a low-tech approach to a high-tech solution. So when we implement these remote visits into the protocol, we can do that within six weeks, right? But there simply isn't time to integrate with eSource or implement eSource for that matter, integrate, complete with the EDC, design all the electronic questionnaires. Uh, so instead we prioritize what's most important. And oftentimes that's actually just reconnecting sites with the patient and perhaps allowing an electronic consent, right? So in these cases, we have the sites communicating with and seeing the patient using telemedicine, documenting source data in the CRF like they would have if the patient was sitting in the exam room. So that could be on paper. Um, it could also be electronically if I have an eCRF set up already. But really to follow as much of the workflow that we can, like we used to, and then adding in these elements to allow us to reconnect with patients. Now for study that hasn't started yet, of course we have time to include e-consent, integrate with ePro, EDC, uh, and of course this is enhances both the patient and the site's experience as there are less devices and systems to manage. But in the short term, the number one priority is reconnecting sites with patients and allowing that medical oversight. Okay. And what makes this current situation unique when it comes to decentralized trials? And, and, and how is this applicable today to research sites? Yeah, the, the disruptions that we're seeing today and experiencing as an industry has definitely transformed the perception of decentralized trials. And that's among scientists as, as well as, uh, as sponsors. From being a shiny, somewhat daunting novelty to you suddenly being a necessity for a lot of trials to move forward. I think in the future we'll look back at the pandemic as one of the catalysts for adoption of decentralized clinical trials. And going forward, you know, sponsors will have to implement solutions which help mitigate the impact of these unforeseen events. So, of course, Virtual is very fortunate to have decades of research site operations experience in their leadership. And this means that, you know, we carry the voice of sites into every single trial that we touch to ensure that we reduce the site burden and we ensure the sustainability of the site. And research sites that are you know, searching for answers and struggling to keep in contact with the research subjects during this trying time need to use their collective voices to shape what the future looks like. So I really appreciate you pulling this together today, Mike. Oh, we appreciate your, your time. And, and you did mention, which is one of our, that's our mission, site sustainability. So, um, you know, the society was talking about this a lot last year, this whole thing, um, the, the whole decentralized trials and the virtual visits 
and 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 working with Virtual to to uh, you know get the message out and start the training up, and then it just became imperative, <laughs> right? It just yeah, it, it really it we really changed about. a lot. Yeah. yeah, it really really changed a lot. I mean, and I mean, just looking back at your 2016 survey, where 66 percent of sites said that they have less than six months of operating cash. Right. These are initiatives that we need to implement to allow the site business to go on in the shape and form that we see today, because we're already missing the new generation of, of investigators. We can't afford to let the current generation of sites uh, go under and go belly up because of this. So we need sites to, because sites operate as a business as well, and we need to respect that and we need to ensure the sustainability of that. And this is definitely something that can help do that in these trying times. Thanks very much. Uh, I totally agree. And um, I just want to thank you for your time today, Emil, and for and Virtrial uh, for their presentation today on virtual trials. Don't forget, uh, as we mentioned, you can take the training at myscrs.org. The tab at the top, the header for the learning campus, is the very first option. Um, before we close out, I just want to make sure that uh, people register for upcoming webinars and conferences and discussions as part of our virtual summit series that's going on. Uh, we have a few more installments of that. Go to myscrs.org and visit the Learning Campus. Also check out the, as the SCRS Insight Journal. We publish that quarterly for members, and you can find that in the members section of our website, myscrs.org. Uh, thanks, uh, Emil. We appreciate your participation in today's uh, little podcast here. We look forward to having you join us for hopefully some more in the future. I hope so, Mike. Yeah. Take care and Thank stay you. safe. Thanks for having me on. Okay, you too.